Welcome to the Fish Nerds. It's a celebration of fish, fishing, and eating fish that is always interesting, usually funny, and mostly true. I'm Clayton Palace of the Plum Island Surfcasters, and here are the Fish Nerds. I'm Nick, and I'm going to play your Ed McMahon today. <laughs> hey <-o! laughs> <laughs> And I'm Clay Groves, Chief Executive Fish Nerd of the Fish Nerds Podcast, and anything is fair game. And it's a good bet that Nick and I are going to be so comfortable recording on a couch today that we're not going to want to stop talking. I, I think you're right. Yeah. You're chief executive, huh? It's my show. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I was chief promotional nerd, and then Dave quit, so I got chief executive. Oh, okay. Why don't you call yourself El Presidente or something? I don't speak Spanish. Oh. <laughs> you're not inclusive. <laughs> I know, I know. I built a wall around my Spanish, <laughs> so I don't understand it anymore. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, hey, welcome to the show. Uh, Nick, uh, for those who don't know, Nick has been actually part of the show since we started um, years ago. Nick was our audio engineer nerd. Short time. For a short time. He did a good job. Actually changed the sound of the show. Helped us get our music right and a lot of the timing right. And now Nick is so busy with his world-famous rock band that he doesn't have time for the fish nerds anymore. But we still fish together. We're still friends. That's and true. I needed a co-host in a short time, and I said, hey, Nick, can you come record? And here you are. Here I am. Here you are. Well, welcome welcome to the podcast. This is I, your first time actually being on the podcast. I know. I'm really excited. Yeah, this is very cool. It's really cool. And we're in my living room, which we never... It's very cozy. It's nice. It's it's a nice atmosphere. Yeah. So, um, anyway, hey, um, have you been fishing this morning? Uh, yeah, I have. With you. you. I, I knew that. This kind of, <laughs> that was kind of like a... Feeding you something to talk about. So, no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so went ice fishing for the first time this winter. Broke your ice fishing cherry. Yes, yeah. my ice fishing cherry. Caught a, what was it, a lake trout? Lake trout, yes. Yeah. I didn't even know what I had. I know, it's amazing. <laughs> Here I am pulling up on this fish thinking, eh, I don't know, it's nothing big. And then out comes this massive lake trout. Yeah, and actually the reason we did that is I needed photos for my business of people catching lake trout. And so um, today we're going to actually start by talking about um, going back into the series on becoming a fishing guide. We're going to start talk. We're going to talk about marketing the guide service and some of the stuff I've done to market my business. And I'd be interested in hearing from listeners how do you market your business as well? Because marketing is uh, is not something I'm good at. I don't think I'm good at talking about stuff. But That's marketing. It's marketing. So some of the stuff I've done now, first of all, I marketed the business by starting a series of, of uh, episodes about how to become a fishing guide. I thought those would, be, would get really popular, and I was right. A lot of people download those episodes, and, but I'm not sure the people who listen to those episodes actually hired me to guide them. No, you don't think so? They might have. But the podcast itself has led to some customers. Um, they're, my very first customer, Michael Crooker, um, was a big fan of the podcast. Hopefully he still is. Um, and there were two or three other people who have heard about the, um, the, the fishing business from the podcast. And you sent me, because I took you fishing, you told your friend. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. My friend Chris down in Massachusetts, right? Yeah. Other guides told me you'll be giving a lot of trips away your first, your first year out of the gate. And so, you know, bringing your friends fishing essentially is giving a trip away. So I brought you fishing. You caught a fish. You told your friends. Your friends then called me. And I, next thing you know, I got private schools booking fishing trips with the fish nerds. And they were very successful. They caught fish. Yes. No one died. 
you know, so those are really important. Um, those are the two criteria. No one <laughs> dies and somebody catches a fish. Critically important. Um, I would say catching fish is a little bit higher than, than living. But just, yeah. just a hair. Just a hair. Just a hair. And um, I will tell you that what has not helped me was being on ABC News. Really? Yeah. So two weeks ago, ABC News, affiliate out of Portland, Maine, Channel 8, came to North Conway, and every hour on the hour, they were talking about different things to do in winter in the Mount Washington Valley. And the first person on was me. So I, you know, I drove, drove, up, drove up in Schuller Park, which is a park right downtown, in a snowmobile to, to meet the news anchor. That's a classy entrance. It was, although she wouldn't let me on camera with my snowmobile, so <laughs> she didn't want to be creative. And so um, it's, it's like four in the morning. I'm the first one up. And, uh, you know, she's oh, here's Clay Groves from uh, Fish Nerds Guide Service. And the first thing she asked me was, uh, or first thing she informed me, I didn't ask. She said, the ice in New Hampshire isn't safe, so how do you do your job? Wow. And I went, whoa, okay. <laughs> Clearly she's not informed. She's not informed. She was informed on the weather. Ah. But not informed about how ice safety works. And... You, you, you are correct to be concerned about ice safety. That's a fair thing to be worried about. But I was thinking, so she's having the fish nerds on talk about ice fishing. So I have 90 seconds of airtime. And instead of talking about how much fun fishing is, I'm talking about how to be careful on the ice. I think that's a problem sometimes when you do stories like that, you know, when you're, when you're interacting with the media, is that they, they may have a certain angle that they want, mm -hmm. and you may have it. You're trying to promote your business. Right. And so I, what I should have done was just said, you're wrong. Here's why fishing is awesome right now and driven my point. Instead, mm -hmm. I answered her question, which took up the entire time. And I ended with one reason you might hire a guide is we're on the ice every single day and we can make sure that you're in a safe place. I should have just said that sentence first and then talked about how great the fishing's been. So that was, that's on me. That's a little, unfortunate. A little bit. But I've learned, you know. I still got on TV. You, you got to know how to spin. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. <laughs> Learn the hard way, right? Um, so that's one way. So I marketed through word of mouth. Took a lot of friends fishing this year who have never seen the ice. Um, I paid for advertising in the Conway Daily Sun, a local newspaper up here. I got mm -hmm. exactly zero phone calls. Not the newspaper's fault. It just didn't work. Yeah, I yeah. mean, who you're targeting and who reads the newspaper, I yeah. think, is a mismatch. It was front page ads during school vacation week. And I was trying to get people on vacation and think, oh, we're up here skiing and shopping. Why don't we go ice fishing too? But that didn't work. But I didn't quit. So from there, I called the Conway Sun and I said, hey, listen, those ads were ineffective. Do you guys want to come fishing with me? And I took the Conway Daily Sun fishing for two days. And you came did along. You, did you really? You came with us. Was I there? You're, and well, and the, oh, right. Yeah. And the great thing was is they did a great like six-page story on ice fishing in the Mount Washington Valley. And the front page of the Conway Sun was your kid. Yep. Uh, holding a big fish, yep. screaming, yep. wearing a fish nerd's hat. And it's perfect. You know, that kid loves ice fishing. He's just, he's all about it. Total nerd. Total nerd. Total nerd. But, um, so that that actually was huge. Because that gets six-page spread all about ice fishing and fish nerd's logo everywhere in it. I talked about other companies too, but who cares? And the 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 gist of the story was about ice fishing and how... How fun it is. Right. It focused on the fun. Right. Yep. Which is really important because it didn't have to focus on like how you're going to die today. Because when you read about um, – when you, when you open the paper to read about the ski conditions, 
it doesn't lead with today you can die because gravity is especially strong, right? <laughs> or when you read about the snowmobile ads, they don't ask first thing, hey, can't you die in this thing? Or when you go car shopping, they don't lead with, hey, by the way, do you know cars kill more people than anybody? That's right? very true. Yeah. And with ice fishing, for some reason, everyone starts with, hey, you're going to die today. And it's kind of a negative start. So you're already fighting up against this kind of culture of I'm afraid of the ice. And I don't want to downplay ice safety, but... Right. Yeah. And and it's kind of strange because I think in, in other places in the country, you know, Minnesota, places like that, where ice fishing is so much of the culture, that that story wouldn't wouldn't go that way. Yeah, I'm, I don't I don't think it would, but I, I don't live out there. We do have listeners out in Minnesota. If you guys are part of that culture and you see what I see or he said something different, you know, let us know because I'd be curious about it. But it is it is something to teach our media here to like. Give us some kind of fair treatment, I guess. And I think, you know, people really think of people who ice fish as being kind of strange. Well, they are. Yeah. You know, you're out in those weird houses on the ice all day over a hole, just jigging. I mean, something something off there. There is something. Well, I mean, especially if you want to go outside and power through the cold and fight all the forces of nature and all that stuff. But it's also like, I find it empowering sport. Like you're battling against the ice and the weather and the elements and you drill a little tiny six inch hole in a hundred acre lake and that hoping you're going to catch a fish out of that hole then actually doing it it's kind of a like a small miracle in some ways yeah you know so i I like it but it's also it's a ton of work like regular fishing you pull up in your car you get out with a fishing rod you you cast in the water next to your car and you're done right yeah but but ice fishing it's it's all gear it's all stacking up high yeah, I so suppose you're right. It's expensive. <laughs> the way I do it. <laughs> Any fishing is expensive. It can be. For, yeah. For sure. Uh, so other ways we marketed, um, I joined the Chamber of Commerce, which I don't know yet if that's helped me, although the director of the Chamber of Commerce just booked a fishing trip with us. Really? You know Janice Crawford? I know of her. Yeah, so she's the local director of the Mount Washington Valley Chamber of Commerce, and she wants to go fishing on March 20th, which is a little more than a week from now. I'm hoping that the ice is still good. I'm I, I'm hesitant to take her money until I'm sure we're safe on that day. <laughs> well, it's going to be cold next week. It should be good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, other marketing th- tools, I've used social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, sharing lots of photos. People love pictures of fish, especially pictures of kids fishing. So my kids' pictures and your kids' pictures heavily shared. I paid for Facebook ads, which did not help me. I think um, I, I'm done paying Facebook anything ever. Yeah, I've I've tried that with my business and the return on investment just isn't there. It's not there. And Facebook, um, the last couple of years, has suppressed almost all businesses. But I do have a private Facebook group um, called the uh, Fish Nerds Podcast Group. And a lot of our customers have come from that group. And I don't pay to be on there. They just, we just talk on there. Um, and I called the, uh, the radio station, uh, Magic 104, and inv- invited their, ma- their morning DJs to come ice fishing. Have you done that? I did. So Tony Zor and um, Christian Mower came out ice fishing with me, and they recorded a uh, a little story about ice fishing in the Mount Washington Valley. I'm going to play it, play that right now. Fishing is a pastime that has spanned centuries, and us New Englanders don't let a little thing like freezing temperatures stop us from enjoying this age-old tradition. So when my fish nerd friend Clay Groves offered to take DJ Tony Zor and myself on the ice and show us how to fish in the frozen north, there was an opportunity I couldn't pass up. We started the day nice and early, meeting Clay at one of his closely guarded secret fishing spots. He explained what exactly goes into finding the perfect spot. 
what I do is I look at lake maps. I decide what species I'm fishing for, and today we're fishing for lake trout. And they generally like to be like in canyons near humps. So this area of the lake, there's a big canyon, and it's a flat bottom here, about 40 to 50 feet deep. And it's a good place for them to chase smelt and yellow perch and to feed. And so I look at the map and I, I think that looks good, and I go drill a hole and I check it. And as a guide, we pre-fish. We come out the day before and we fish to try to figure out if we're right about it so that we take a client out. Hopefully they're catching fish and not guessing with us. He also noted how important ice safety is, especially right now. Anything less than four inches is considered unsafe, but ice safety is a relative term. You might have 10 inches here, and there's a little creek over there that runs in. It might be three inches. Check ice as you go. Know the thickness. Know what you're doing. If you don't know, you know, stay hot. Don't guess. Originally, when I thought of ice fishing, I imagined a couple of guys, a handsaw, a pair of rods, and maybe a few cold beers. So when I saw Clay hauling a sled full of equipment, I was quite surprised. Of course, you have the basics, rods, bait, hooks, and jigs. But as Clay explained, ice fishing has evolved by leaps and bounds. He brought with him an electric auger to drill the holes in the ice and a portable sonar that almost made fishing like a video game. So sonars are, are super popular for ice fishing, and they increase your odds for catching fish a great deal. And they, they just work like bats. So you drop a transducer cone under the ice, and the sound waves go down, hit the bottom, bounce back up, and record into the unit. And you'll be able to see the bottom, and you'll be able to see fish on the screen. And then the game is match your little jig up with the fish and trick them into biting. But as any good fisherman knows, even with the most sophisticated equipment in the world, you won't catch a thing without a good technique. You always want to be able to feel your jig, right? What I do is I hold it like a pencil, like a little sideways like okay, this. Okay, yep. The trick is when you get a fish on there, yep. Don't fight him too hard, yep. don't let loose line out. Like he can run line out, but don't ever let your line get loose. Drop your line to the bottom, jig up a little bit, drop it down, jig up. Clay was instructing Tony on how to use a proper jigging technique to catch a trout when, as if on cue, a fish bit Tony's line. Move every 15 minutes until you find the fish. Oh, there he is. Don't let it loose, reel the line, reel it, you got a fish. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, you okay. can Take see him. Take your time. Oh, my gosh. Take your time. Don't fight too hard. You'll get tired. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Already. So, wow. Uh, that's not typical. You hear him singing? Yeah. After a picture with his catch and a kiss goodbye, Tony let what Clay said was one of the biggest trout he'd ever seen caught in the lake go. You may be thinking, well, it seems simple enough to ice fish. Why on earth would I need a guide? I asked Clay the very same question. When people ask, you know, why should I hire a guide to take me fishing, it's a time-money swap. I've been fishing this lake for eight years. For eight years, I've had terrible times out here, and I figured out this year how to catch them. You pay me to take you fishing, I will save you eight years of work. Tony, you just saved eight years. And you're so young and pretty because of it. <laughs> so, so that's what they describe. It's just, you know, you know, someone who knows the water, knows the fish, knows where they live, how to catch them, techniques, and will coach you through it. And I carry all the gear. I mean, you don't have to carry anything. You just carry your body out in the ice and wear your fancy hat, and that's it. So, <laughs> simple. He also talked about what a typical day on the ice with a guide is like. It's cooking brats. It's a warm belly, hot coffee all day, or cocoa, if that's your thing. Um, but this is not your grandfather's ice fishing trip. This is not setting traps and waiting all day long. This is active fishing. We've been out here today 25 minutes. How many Lakers so far? Two? Two. That's not bad. Now I can't promise things. It is fishing. Fish move around, but today is good. Tony, are you happy? I'm happy.
Catch more fish. After a few more hours on the ice, it seemed like the fish had bested me. With Tony getting five fish, including his one monster trout, I was starting to lose faith. But after a few secret hints from Clay, I finally landed the big one. Or at least the big one's much, much smaller baby brother. The old saying goes that if you buy a man a fish, he eats for a day, but if you teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. Well, after my adventure on the ice, my meals may be much smaller than Tony's, but the memories and good times we had on the ice will keep us entertained for a lifetime. To check out the pictures from our day on the ice with Clay, log on to our website, conwaymagic.com, and to set up your own fishing adventure, well, just visit fishnerds.com. Okay, so that was that. I mean, pretty amazing, and they aired that on the morning drive radio time at Magic 104, and they just made fun of each other for hours after playing that little segment. That was fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just in fairness to anyone listening, Nick didn't actually hear it yet. (laughs) We're pretending. It was amazing. It was amazing. But what's amazing is getting it done. Yeah. Is just calling them up and say, hey, you want to go fishing? Uh, And what I've learned this year is, first of all, everyone says word of mouth is the best advertising. That's totally true. But in order to get word of mouth, you actually have to bring people fishing. And word of mouth also works with the media. When, I, when you call up the radio station and say, hey, you want to go fishing, they're gonna, they might say yes to you, or the newspaper. They might say yes to you. So I think anyone who's starting a business, maybe if it's something you can share with somebody that doesn't cost you a lot of time or money to do it, probably worth doing it, especially when you start up mode and you're trying to get things going. I think you know the word of mouth also works because you're a personable individual. Yeah. So people respond to you. You're fun to be around. You make it a good time. Um, and that's going to make a huge difference. Yeah. The other thing I learned too is I I let it I let it I, I set up a bunch of different kinds of trips this year, trying to see what would work best. So here's here are some things I've learned this year. First of all, uh, do not take cash at the boat launch for a trip, <laughs> and that ties into my very next one, which is. Um, Make sure clients understand what waterproof shoes are. Very different fish. Tri- fish. Very different trip. Anyway, so no more negotiating the dock. The price is what it is. You know, probably we can negotiate on the phone ahead of time. You know, but like, you know what your problem is, Clay? I'm nice. You're nice. I'm nice, and I You're shouldn't. A good have been. guy. Yeah, but I get burned. Yep. So you gotta, you know, you gotta dig deep and find that that, <laughs> that badass. I do. You. I gotta find it. The other things I've learned is always feed people. On the ice. So I did a few trips where I didn't cook lunch for my clients or breakfast for my clients and a few trips where I did. And it doesn't matter how many fish we caught. The trips we fed people on, you, they get, were a hot, happier. you get a nice cheeseburger on the ice, mm-hmm. you leave happier. Exactly. You know, you were on one of the trips. We had a bunch of kids out. Yeah. Got the grill out, fired up. You know, I think all except for one kid was super happy that day. <laughs> <laughs> what, my kid? Your kid. <laughs> No, your kid was just your kid's actually super smart and determined to get his way when he wants his way. Yeah, he's and uh, do you mind if I tell the story? <laughs> so, <laughs> right ahead. So, so uh, <laughs> Nick's kid <laughs> wanted to go on a snowmobile ride, and we're, we're we're fishing. I'm trying to get the kids fishing, but he really wanted to go on a snowmobile ride. So then he got in his head. Okay, well, at the end of the day, snowmobile ride back to the car. That's the exactly. next ride I'm going to get. So I'm cooking lunch, and he's like, "Can I go for a ride now?" I'm like, "Well, I'm." I'm cooking lunch, and I'm actually cooking on top of the snowmobile. And two minutes later, oh, no, I fell in an ice hole. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, my ice holes are six inches deep, and your kid's just about turned 10, right? Yeah, and his boots are waterproof. Yeah, and you're not going to fall in those holes on accident. So <laughs> you just thought. He dunked his foot in and got wet. and I was standing right there watching him. Yeah, <laughs> game over. Yep. Yeah, so smart. He knows how to get his way. 
you know, it was we were done anyway. It wasn't a big deal, but but it was very very good, very yeah. well done. <laughs> so, Imagine what I have to deal with every day, every day, every day. Because that's why you drink. <laughs> so coffee. Yes. All right, I, two other things I've learned is guides are territorial. I've actually lost friends since opening a business. One of the guides who partnered with us on this project of how to become a fishing guide is no longer affiliated with us at all anywhere. Yeah, see, I and just find that unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I don't want to badmouth anybody, right. but um, what I'm learning, and not just from this one guide, other guides I've talked to in yep. other states, they're all very territorial. They worry about what other guides are doing, what their pricing scheme is, how they're marketing, all that sort of stuff, and everything seems personal. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, I, I don't see the world in those terms, which is why I get in trouble, which is probably why I've, I made other people angry and they're not like my friend anymore, is I see everything as a potential partnership. Yep. So I'm sharing this other guy's stuff like crazy. You, you can, mm-hmm. if, you, if you know the fish nerds, you know who I'm talking about. Right. Next thing you know, I can't share his stuff anymore. And I'm sharing his stuff that's going to make him money. Exactly. That does make him money. And he's made money. And off he's, our show. And he's got a good business he's got going. A great business, and he's a fantastic guy. Yeah. Uh, I would recommend people hire him. Um, but he uh, he's no longer affiliated with Fish Nerds in any way. He's unfriended me on Facebook and blocked the Fish Nerds from all sharing opportunities of his stuff. So, gone. You know, I, I heard this story. Yeah. And I made a point of not unfollowing him. No, he, he does a good because job. Because I don't think that that's the way that you... You do business, and I don't think that that's the way that we promote the sport. No. So I'm not going to, like, just because he's done that, I'm not going to do that. No. It's, but, it's hard for me not to continue sharing his stuff. I see right. he's got this great stuff going on. I went, oh, that's so cool. I want to share that, and I can't do it um, because he's blocked me. Yeah. So You know, that, that whole territorial thing, though, mm-hmm. that, that happens a lot in fishing. Yes. You know, people get very protective about where they fish. Right. The spots are important. Yeah. Right? yeah. And I'm just like, whatever. I'll you know? give, if any, anyone who knows me knows if they want to catch a fish and they email or call me, I'm going to tell them where to go to catch almost any species of fish. Right. And Because my belief and the belief of a lot of, actually not a belief, the truth is not enough people are fishing in New Hampshire. We're losing 4.5% of anglers every single year. Wow. And in order to keep fishing sustainable in the state and keep fishing game funded mm-hmm. so that they can take care of the management, we need more fisher people. So it's good to have more people fishing, and when people are successful, they'll fish more and they'll explore more territory. Yep. If they like a spot I've been at and they catch fish where I've fished before, awesome. I'll go fish with them, or I'll go find new places because there are a lot of fish out there. Exactly. And it's not that hard. <laughs> no, so, no. Yeah, so that's what I've learned. Um, and then, of course, I've learned that guiding is an expensive sport uh, to make a living at. Um, I've uh, uh, In a future show, I'll actually talk about the exact dollar amount i spent this year to open a business and get it going and i'll talk about what i spent uh, what i spent and what i've earned right and we can balance the two out and i think i've exactly earned nothing oh wow you broke even i think i I have no debt so i need to look at the numbers closer but Mm -hmm. i think i've just about broken even i might have 20 or 30 bucks ahead you know for the first year of a business that's not bad there's no debt there's no debt there's no debt and most my biggest expenses i have two snowmobiles and every other week, one breaks. But, but right now, I've got two, two repaired snowmobiles that both work fine, and we have no snow. So snowmobiles are like boats, apparently? They're like boats um, only, yeah. They yeah, the float. happiest day <laughs> for an owner of a boat is the day they buy it and the day they sell it. Exactly, yep. yeah. But for, I mean, I think not having it in this business 
uh, would be challenging because people really like the snowmobile rides. Yeah. And the kids. Except me. Except for you. I know. I'm weak. (laughs) So have you heard of the uh, FN Book Club? I have heard of the FN Book Club. This is the Fish Nerds Book Club. Uh, Jeff Danielson, one of our correspondents, came up with this concept. And every month or so, we're reading a new book to be discussed on an upcoming show. The book we read last month was Cod, a uh, the fish that or the, the biography of a fish that changed the world, which was a good read. Mm-hmm. And now we're reading for the next month, April the tenth is the deadline to have this read by. If you want to be part of the story, okay. We're reading the Founding Fish, which is about shad, the American shad. Oh, so that explains all the posts about shad. Yeah, so on the Fish Nerds podcast page, there's all kinds of shad conversations happening yeah. right now. As people read the book, they're like, "Wow, does it taste good? Are they fun to catch? How can I catch them?" Um, and and I haven't read the book yet, but I've had heard that if you read the history books of the Merrimack Valley, they're going to, they talk about salmon in the river so thick you can walk across them, mm-hmm. and they would call them white salmon. And what they meant was American shad. It actually wasn't salmon they were talking about at all. Okay. And so I'm interested in seeing this book has that information in it because I haven't read it yet. I'm, I have it in my hand, in my hand. I have it in my house, but I haven't read it yet. But I'm going to get through it by April 10th, and we're going to talk right. about it. And I've invited a historian to read the book and come on the show. Well, that'll be cool. I don't know if she's going to come or not, but there's a podcast called Ben Franklin's World, which is a very good history podcast. Mm-hmm. And my friend Liz Covart um, runs that show. And I've asked her to read the book and give her impression as well. So hopefully we'll we'll cycle back. And now that we've mentioned her, I'm going to let her know that we mentioned it, put pressure on her to come on the show and be part of it. If you want to be a part of it, read the book or skim the book or get it on audio and call 607-378-FISH and leave us a voicemail and we'll use uh, what you think of the book on the show. Well, you have a discussion point you want to talk about. We'll talk about that. And we'll have a good time talking books and getting super nerdy about books, which is great. And you can go to your local FN library and check that out anytime. Who came up with the name? The FN Book Club? Yeah. Well, Fish Nerds is FN, right? Yeah. So it's not that clever. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't have thought of it. Yeah. Well, everything we do is FN everything, right? FN everything. FN everything. You ready for some uh, Fish in the News? Fish in the news. Fish in the news. And let me see if I can pull this up. This is super good news. It is amazing. It's. I would say it's a miracle. I would say it's the goodest of all news. <laughs> yes. All right. This is from the Post and Courier, a Pulitzer Prize-winning website. Apparently, I don't know where it's from. Woman sees image of Jesus on the back of a stingray. This is by from uh, Brenda Ringe, and. It's not as famous as the grilled cheeses or the nun bun, <laughs> but the, the image bun. the image a James Island woman found Friday on the back of a dead cow nose ray may, may be one day. And here's a quote. I just kind of thought it looked like a bearded homeless man, said Erica Schelt, 24. But when I posted pictures on Instagram, one of my friends was like, hey, that's Jesus. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You want to know why the media is failing us? <laughs> that right there? Yeah, that, that whole thing. First of all, I just thought it looked like a bearded homeless man. So there's a very small step between the bearded homeless, homeless guy man and, and Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In fact, he might have been, the little I know about Jesus, he might have been a uh, 
A bearded, a bearded homeless guy. Yeah, yeah. beardless homeless guy. Walking across a desert and all that. That's what they say. And well, you know, and in the article they did say something about Ray meaning king. Well, let's read it. All right, so Shelton and family members have been trying since then to name her fine. So far, they've come up with Ray, Ray, R-E-Y, meaning king in Spanish. There you go. Yep. I like that, Ray, Ray. Ray, Ray. And over the years, images of Jesus, the Virgin Mary, Mother Teresa, and Buddha have been spotted on everything from baseballs to lava lamps, cinnamon buns, beehives, and grilled cheese sandwiches, or at least they have in the eyes of some people. Coincidentally, or maybe not, one of the most recent sightings of Jesus on an inanimate object came on Ash Wednesday when a man in Española, New Mexico, found Christ on a tortilla. But as far as it's known, never has such an image appeared here in the holy city until last week. This is really exciting news. It is. It is. It, I'm, I'm wondering, Christ on a tortilla, is that like a signature sandwich or something? It sounds delicious. It really does. Yeah, what kind of sauce? Would you put on Christ on a tortilla? Ooh. I don't know. Yeah, a chipotle? Something hot. Yeah, it had to be hot. You yeah. want some spice. You want bite to it. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe you don't want hot. Mm. Maybe I'm thinking about a different <laughs> kind of sandwich. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> anyway, uh, so you studied psychology. I have. And you studied this, this sort of thing, didn't you? Back in the day? Like intro probably, psych? You're probably really back in intro. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the new challenge, Fishner's Challenge. And we're going to, um, we'll make a real challenge out of this summer when fishing gets good. But I want you to catch fish and look at the patterns of scales and markings and try to see objects or images. It's like, like cloud bursting for fish. And I want you to share those pictures on the Fish Nerds uh, podcast page on Facebook or tweet at us or whatever. Uh, your, your fishy images. If you see Jesus, we want to know about it. If you see, um, you know Garfield. Garfield. We want to know about it. If you see Donald Trump, maybe well, you know. we still want to know. So <laughs> whatever you see, we want to know what it is on your fish scales. And you know, some fish have great patterns. Like redfish have really cool blotches, and identify individuals by their black spots. No kidding. So maybe those black spots can be like images of something, right? So that's if you, you if you hold it far enough away, then you know pixelated dots all blend it's like a rorschach test yeah you know? <laughs> so but you see people see whatever they want to see anyway so way fun and so i'd love to see what people come up with and by the way you're welcome to photoshop as much as you want we don't really care <laughs> <So> <laughs> have, have a really good time with it let's make it a thing make it the next the next effing thing the... is that what you're gonna say yeah <laughs> i'm quick on these all right and this is from <laughs> This is from the San Diego Union Tribune. Uh-oh, am I? We have audio. I, you know, I don't like when Facebook, when, when the internet starts. Autoplay. Autoplay. I get to auto-mute. <laughs> All right, this is from the San Diego Union Tribune. Homeless fish find shelter at Koi Show. Homeless fish find shelter at Koi Show. Um, homeless fish. Yeah. Before we even read into it, what does that mean to you? Well, I already read the article, but... You've done more than I have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess homeless fish are fish that don't have a home? Okay, so like, let's think of a koi, for example. Okay. A koi is a pet fish. Right. A homeless koi doesn't live long. Because well, their home is a tank. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So, so <laughs> I, I would think it's more like almost homeless fish right you know like they're 
they're anticipating being homeless, you know, the the bank's gonna foreclose on on their house or something. But well, koi are, are valuable, so maybe there's something to it. Yeah. All right, let's read it. So this weekend, koi fish enthusiasts from all over Southern California will gather in the Del Mar for the San Diego Koi Club 30th annual show and competition. Yet as prized as these oversized jewel-toned fish may be among collectors, a small segment of this scaly population will fall between the society's cracks. I love this. These are the vagabond koi, fish who've been abandoned, neglected, orphaned by their owners, death, or who have become too numerous or costly to maintain. Fortunately for the homeless fish, they have a protector. Over the past three years, Jerry Myers of Lakeside has rescued nearly 3,000 koi from ponds around the country. In most cases, found them new homes, and this weekend, Myers will host a vagabond koi booth at the show with 150 young fish available for adoption. That's sweet. It is. It's yeah. actually, it, it is pretty cool what he's doing. Yeah. Um, I was watching one of those, uh, like, monster fish shows on Discovery or whatever, yeah. and they were catching koi. Yeah. In, like, I don't know, Japan or Thailand yeah. or something like that. And they visited this guy who's, like, obsessed with koi and he's won like hundreds of of awards and stuff and his house i mean he had literally like hundreds of tanks full of koi it's amazing people are obsessed yeah it was it was crazy and and a lot of people who have koi and are overpopulated will let them go into local waterways which is terrible so you're you're environmentally speaking you're better off killing the koi than letting go but I would support rehoming your koi as well. So now, koi are like goldfish, but not. So goldfish and koi and and um, shiners and carp, right. all those are in the minnow family. Okay. I want to say so predator or something like that. And so they're all in the same family of fishes, right? Okay. Yeah. So I grew up in Hanover, mm-hmm. and there's a pond there called Ockham Pond. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's koi. But it's full of big goldfish. Is it a public waterway? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'd, I'd be totally up for that. Yeah, I've caught I've caught goldfish in New Hampshire when I'm on the quest to catch all the fish in the state. I caught an eight goldfish. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they're not that good. I, I wouldn't <laughs> think so. I wouldn't eat one. No, you would. No. Yeah. No. I made I made goldfish crackers. That's gross. Yeah, so I, I found the recipe for like a Pepperidge Farm type goldfish cracker, the dough, and I, I roasted the koi, the koi, the, the goldfish whole. Mm-hmm. And then I, I made the dough using my food processor and I just took the roasted fish and I oh, dropped God. it into the food processor into the batter. And then I was doing it, this is back in 2011, I was doing a presentation at the Stratton Public Library about the quest to catch all the fish in the state. Right. And I put these crackers out. And everyone at the presentation, eight goldfish that day. Did they they know it? They knew it by the end of the presentation. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Because that's the kind of guy I am. That's the kind of guy you are. All right. So this article goes on. The Koi Rescue Group is just Meyer's latest cause. Before that, he ran an Australian Shepherd Rescue Organization. Born into an overcrowded home in New York 62 years ago, Myers and several siblings were moved to a Catholic youth home where he lived from ages 9 to 15. The experience of losing his family in home left a permanent impression on him and a desire to help others. Interesting um, wording of this thing, because most news stories would start off with, you know, Myers, 62 of New York. 
Yep. This was like Myers, born into a home in New York 60 years ago, so they wouldn't like blast out his age to the whole world. I like that. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why I like that. <laughs> Just a nice little, you know. Exactly. Um, Vagabond Coy got started in 2014 when Myers was working as an administrator at a medical office. A patient called in and asked if anybody would like some baby Coy. Myers and his wife, Diane, live on a 1.5-acre property where he maintained his own personal Koi pond for 18 years. we got to scroll down. Uh, figuring they had the room in their pond to help out, he drove out, netted the fish, and brought them home with the goal of sharing them with other club members. Then in May, the Cocos Fire swept through the Harmony Grove Spiritualist Association and destroyed much of the community. And the pastor's home was gutted, and the fish in his koi pond were suffocating in the ash and choked water. California Fire in San Diego, Humane Society officials tracked down Myers for help. So it sounds like it's one like the next. And it's probably one of those nerdy things where, like, you don't know there's a problem exists until it happens. And right. then once you find one person to solve the problem, They're you don't it. look anywhere else. Exactly. Now, what they don't know is they can take all these koi and just sell them. And make some real and money. Some, yeah. You know, but good on good on them for uh, helping the fish. I guess. I know. Interesting thing about the Australian Shepherd story, this McDinness, yeah. is I once saw a video of Australian Shepherds herding fish in a pond in Australia. Okay, the fact that you just tied those two together is incredible. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna find the YouTube video and yeah. put it up on our on our fish nerds page. But I saw a video Dogs herding fish. Yes, in Australia. In Australia. Australian dogs, yeah. Well, you know, so, Australia is a strange place. They are, and uh, I'd like to go. There. Yeah. So, anyway, that's that's fish in the news. I only have two stories this week um, because I'm trying to move fast. But, okay. Yeah. That's fish in the news. So. Cool. <laughs> All good news, right? All good news. <laughs> Saving fish. Saving the fish. Either yeah. with Jesus or, you know. Which reminds me, my father-in-law kept koi in Massachusetts for years, and he sold his house, mm-hmm. and he was looking for a home for his koi, and he called a a he called. No, he put an ad in Craigslist, and a Chinese restaurant that was going to open up in Portsmouth called him up and said, I'll trade you food for your koi. Mm-hmm. And he went for it, and we never went and got the food. So, it's like... We, we're owed food or You're koi. owed... F- wow. Yeah, no, no, the koi was not the food. Right. It was just decoration for the restaurant. But you you got to get repayment on that debt. They owe us. Yeah. Oh, Free Chinese food? Are you kidding me? That's my favorite. Oh. Here. What's your favorite Chinese food? Uh, lo mein. I love lo mein. Yeah, I'm a big General Gao chicken. I don't know what it is, but that really sticky, sugary, yep. delicious, spicy chicken. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What I don't eat in Chinese food is restaurants is fish. No. I can't think of the last time I had fish in a Chinese restaurant. I don't eat fish, so. Oh, well, that's because you love them. Yes. Yeah. I love them too much. I do. I do eat them. I know. They're cute. Our show is supported almost entirely by Patreon. Patreon is an online like crowdfunding source for artists. And believe it or not, making a podcast is like making art. It's ongoing entertainment every single week. And a lot of our listeners will give us a dollar an episode to help keep the show funded. Right now, we make enough money on Patreon to cover, just barely, cover our expenses for the first time. It just happened this month. Impressive. Nice job. Yeah. And I've got two new... Patreon subscribers. We have uh, Bill Galakis and Ed Hind both decided to donate this month. So we thank them. They put us over the top 
Nice job, guys. Yeah, and we have one Patreon subscriber at the highest level at $25 an episode, which is a lot. That is. And that's and, and so for that, I, can, I will mention his business. His, my friend Josh Lopes, who actually owns the house out the window here. Oh, your neighbor. Your neighbor. My neighbor uh-huh. Josh, yeah. So he owns a rental property here. But uh, Josh Lopes, he also owns LopesTax.com in Hanover, Massachusetts. So if you're in Massachusetts and need a tax guy, go to JoshLopes.com and hire uh, Josh to do your taxes. He's totally nerdy, and I've taken his kids fishing, and we've had some fun. And uh, he supports the show. The show is here because people give us a little bit of money. And other people who have given us money, or they haven't given it yet, is Mystery Tackle Box. And we haven't gotten money from them yet. No? Here's no, how one's, we, no one's used the, the code? The coupon code? Well, here's how we get money from them. If you um, want to subscribe to Mystery Tackle Box, go to mysterytacklebox.com. Use coupon code FISHNERDS, all one word, and they will mail you a box of fishing gear. It's a mystery. And you open it up and get your stuff. If you, if you subscribe to them, then they pay us. Right. And you can cancel any time. So, you know. Okay. <laughs> you know, Mystery Tackle Box is one of those things that I've been thinking about for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to justify the cost in my mind. You can justify it knowing that. That, that some of the money will come to Fishner. Yeah. No, their, their base subscription subscription is like $14.99 a month. Yep. The first one you can get for $10 and $5 off if you use our coupon code. And we actually get a pretty significant amount of money for each new subscriber they get. And they have a bass box. You're a bass fisherman. I am, yes. And they'll mail you all kinds of cool bass gear every month to try out. I watch those videos of people unboxing them and all the cool stuff, and I'm like, oh, I need to do that. It's so much fun. So, yeah, do it if you want to. If not, we understand. Um, give money on Patreon. If you want to support us, you know, both are, are good, um, and we're happy to have it, and it keeps us keeps us going. And, you know, if, if some people start doing Mystery Tackle Box, then you can... You know, do the unboxings in your podcast. We can do them. And, and actually, I, I'm supposed to do one. And I don't have the box in front of me right now. So, Oh, where is it? It's in the truck. Should I go get it? Yeah. All right. We're going to pause the show. I'll go get it. Okay. Oh. All right. I'm out of breath. Are we still recording? Right. just ran a marathon i did nice job that's why i'm so pretty all right yes. so i've got this is actually the pro box this is the more expensive oh i'm so excited i know so we're gonna do an opening this has been knocking on my truck here for a couple of weeks you've just been waiting for the right been opportunity waiting it says hashtag happy dance and then here's what we get this is cool it's called real floating buzz how would you describe this thing uh it's 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 blue mm-hmm I, I can't imagine what you catch with it. It's it's like one of those Alabama rigs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's wow. That's your double plopper. Yeah, and that's a. I don't know what we even would call that thing. It's called what's we just what's it say on it? Uh, it says real floating buzz double plopper, five eighths ounce. Um, double plopper. That's worth seventeen eighty four by itself. I would totally try this out. You can. We, we'll try it this spring. Yeah. But it looks like a school of fish. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if if, if you mix Lady Gaga and a Chevy truck and take it fishing. Yeah. There it is. That is cool. So that's so they give you a little card of what things are cost and there's YouTube videos on how to use them. All. I would try uh, this at Crystal Lake. Uh, absolutely. And then I've got a li- live target crawfish. 
right? And that's valued at live target crawfish, $12 all by itself. Okay. Early spring smallmouth bass lure, I bet. Now, would this be called a crankbait? That would be a crankbait. Okay. Yeah. It's actually Hunt for Center Crawfish Crank, $12.49. It's, it's like translucent. Yeah, it's cool. Oh, very nice. And then we've got this uh, 3 8 ounce uh, Genco. Fishing premium spinnerbait worth six nine. I've never caught a fish on a spinnerbait. Neither have I. Nope. People love them. They they apparently work. I've got them stuck in trees and bushes and weeds, but I've never caught a fish on them. One of the first uh, lures I bought uh-huh. last year when I was going to start bass fishing mm-hmm. was a spinnerbait, and I've thrown that thing and just never. I keep trying it. Yeah, you gotta. It's bass fishing is very funny. People have what works for them. Yep. And everything works. You just have to use that one lure long enough till it works. Right. You know, and, until the right fish hits it. And then you learn you learn by catching the fish how to work it. Exactly. It's, it's all, that's a fishing is anyway. So then we've got these cool little Z-Man uh, little crawfish gooeys, rubber baits. Ooh. Yeah. Well, oh, uh, those look awesome. Yeah. Those are worth like five bucks catch a lot of fish with yeah. those and then we have a little finesse jig here worth five bucks really cool that's actually a nice small skirted looks like tungsten weedless jig that would probably do pretty good oh nice man chartreuse color or green everybody loves this chartreuse i hate the word i, know. I hate it because i don't know what it means sometimes it means like bright green sometimes it means forest green Sometimes it's almost yellow. It's a Midwest finesse style mushroom jig. Midwest. So Midwest. for the for the uh, the bass who eat cheese. Yes. Cool. That's all I know about the Midwest. Oh, and then we got these gooey net baits. You know what? Stick one of these as uh-huh. a trailer. The craw on a trailer for this. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And okay, and then we have these. Uh, other gooey baits here. <laughs> I don't know what they are. Like <laughs> net baits. The bait to go. Scent salt pork fat. Take a look at those things. Apparently pork is good for smallmouth fish. Yeah. 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 And then I've got uh, all kinds of books. And Oh, they're little tubes. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And I got books and a little magazine and some decals and stuff like that. All kinds of fun stuff. You know, there's like 40 bucks worth of stuff there. You know, that's the premium box. Yeah. Again, the $15 box, I think you get like two less things. But either way, totally lots of fun. And how much fun is it getting a package like that in the mail? I know. It, and and being a part of this unboxing, I've always wanted to do it. You did it. So this is like <laughs> my dream come true. You did it. Yeah. So Thank you, Totally Clay. fun. So mysterytacklebox.com, coupon code FISHNERDS, all one word. And you buy it, we get money. I'm hoping eventually enough people buy them where I can get money even if you don't buy it. But we're not there yet. So, yeah. so maybe put a challenge out to to everybody listening to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah do it and send and then tag Fish Nerds and Mystery Tackle Box in a, in a posting of your unboxing so they can see that we're making an impact. Absolutely. And we want we want people to be excited to work with us, not. Right. We you know, we want everyone to like us. So there, there's that, and uh, we're out of time. We are. The podcast is over, man. Oh, my God. I know. It goes fast. So that's it. You've listened to a couple of fish nerds when you should have been fishing. We'd like to thank our families for supporting us while we podcast, go on fishing quests, and do all sorts of silly things that nerds do. 
If you would like to support Fish Nerds, you can go to Patreon.com and search for Fish Nerds and help us crowdfund this podcast. Yeah, give us a freaking dollar. I mean, it's really all we're asking for. Yep. Uh, and special thanks to Nick Hudson Swagger of Diana's Bath Salts, the third best band on Town Hall, Town Hall Road. Is that right? Yeah, third best. Third best yeah. uh, in interview. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks a lot for coming on the show. We appreciate your, your support. Oh, uh, this was a blast. Yeah. Until next time, follow the code of the Fish Nerds and spawn early and often. And avoid free lunches with strings attached. Swim against the current every chance you get. Cool. You know, I just ordered some, some shirts that say uh, spawn early and often on the back of them. That's cool. cool. All right, thanks. You're welcome.